Euzubillahimineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in. Allahümme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima allemtena ve zidna ilmen nafi'ah. Allahümme erinel hakka hakkan varzukna ittiba'ah. وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَرْزُقْنَا اَجْتِنَابًا Rabbi şrah li sadri ve yestir li emri ve hlul uqdeten min lisani yefkahu kavli Esselamu Aleyküm ve Rahmetullahi ve Berekatuhu Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can now watch them on YouTube at the channel Reflections RN. Whether you listen to the podcasts or watch the YouTube channel, please subscribe and please share, please spread the word. Um, you can also access either the audio or the video versions of the recordings at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Everything Uh, associated with the podcast are stored there and therefore you can access the texts that we are reflecting upon there as well. Um, inshallah in this episode we will continue reading the 22nd word which is uh, a treatise that provides demonstrations for the existence and oneness uh, and some of the attributes of God. Uh, we read the introduction to this treatise in the uh, previous episode and there you may remember that this starts with a, a story. I'm not going to go into details. Uh, those who have not listened to that episode, inshallah, can go back and uh, listen to it first or you can read the introduction of the 22nd uh, word on your own. <clears throat> Mainly we are thinking about two, uh, two men, uh, two individuals who Uh, wash up in a pool and then lose their senses and end up uh, in this world or in a world in a world and they see that everything is uh, organized and uh, magnificent and beautiful and purposeful and wise and so on and so forth one of them uh, decides that all of these things must have an owner and that owner must be expecting something from them you know things are happening in very indicative ways in purposeful uh, ways so this cannot be futile and he wants to know that ruler and uh, act according to what would please uh, that ruler uh, the other the other person wants to just not recognize the ruler because recognizing the ruler would may mean or would mean that he will have to follow certain rules and regulations and he thinks that he will be free if he does not recognize the ruler as everybody uh, who have been following these episodes or as everybody who has some sense of reality uh, will know uh, there is no such thing as absolute freedom one who is free from uh, the limitations of the creator and owner of this universe is a slave to his own uh, lower soul but at any rate So we have a story like this and then the first uh, individual we will call these brothers the first brother turns to the other one and says look there's a ruler the way you are behaving is very problematic uh, this may cause a disaster for 
all of us and so on and so forth the other one says no i don't you know believe that there's a ruler there's a back and forth and the one that doesn't believe says okay then demonstrate and the first smart brother says okay i'm going to demonstrate that there's a ruler of these places in 12 ways for you now this treatise has two stations this is the first station and in the first station we will be uh, doing this story and everything will be uh, we, everything we talk about we will be talking about within the context of the story and then the second station goes into reality and there we talk about uh, reality right how this applies to the reality that we live in so we will begin with the demonstrations uh, that this brother provides to his uh, let's say obstinate uh, disbelieving uh, brother peer bismillahirrahmanirrahim birinci burhan first demonstration now first a uh, some words on the word burhan or demonstration uh, it is a term in logic it means uh, evidence proof but uh, a proof that is formulated in a way that uh, it is valid according to the intellect and corresponds to reality uh, in the in the in, in the in the external world in the experimental world so it is valid according to the intellect and every premise of the argumentation corresponds to reality outside in the world and therefore it is sound valid and sound uh, it is if you will, will foolproof it is a strong word and this brother is so certain about his conclusion that he calls these demonstration and they are demonstrations so first demonstration gel her tarafa bak her şeye dikkat et bütün bu işler içinde gizli bir el işliyor çünkü bak bir dirhem kadar kuvveti olmayan bir çekirdek küçüklüğünde bir şey haşiye ağaçları başlarında taşıyan çekirdeklere işarettir binler batman yükü kaldırıyor zerre kadar şuuru olmayan haşiye kendi kendine yükselmeyen ve meyvelerin sıkletine dayanmayan üzüm çubukları gibi nanenin nazenin nebatatın başka ağaçlara latif eller atıp sarmalarına ve onlara yüklenmelerine işarettir zerre kadar şuuru olmayan gayet hakimane işler görüyor demek bunlar kendi kendilerine işlemiyorlar onları işlettiren gizli bir kudret sahibi vardır eğer kendi başına olsa bütün baştan başa bu gördüğümüz memlekette her iş mucize her şey mucizekar bir harika olmak lazım gelir bu ise bir safsatadır so this is the first demonstration it is short but it is packed uh, and we should also emphasize that uh, the 22nd word is not the only place where Bediüzzaman Said Nursi provides demonstrations for the existence and oneness of God and so on and so forth. The entire Risale Nur does this. Uh, we read the 10th word, for instance. Uh, every um, subsection of the 10th word also does this. Also, although that treatise is about the existence of the hereafter, it provides evidence and demonstrations for the existence of God. Uh, in a an earlier treatise <coughs> that Ustad Nursi wrote in Arabic in the um you know 
early 20th century, 1919-1920, around that time, uh, called the drop, Katre, he provides 55 demonstrations for the existence of uh, God, and he provides these demonstrations uh, primarily from uh, the observation of the cosmos, so by looking at the signs of creation in the creation. So the 22nd word is in a sense a, a summary, uh, a, a sampler and summary of all other things, and therefore, although these will be short, uh, they are packed and they point to many other parts of the Risale Enur. So one should not be thinking about these demonstrations as isolated demonstrations. They are rather uh, the presentation, if you will, the demo and presentation of a larger compendium of uh, thought and works. So, come, look all around, pay attention to everything. Remember, these two brothers came to a world that they were not exposed before. And we will imagine ourselves as having found ourselves in this world all of a sudden, which is what happened. We were in the realm of spirits. Uh, we spent some time in the wombs of our, our, our mothers. We, we took a bath, if you will, uh, there in the womb we, that was like a pool. And then... We forgot, we lost our memory of the realm of spirits and we found ourselves in this world. Now we are looking around. A sense of wonder, curiosity, uh, is really important and essential to understand how these demonstrations work and also for us to be able to make sense of what's going on around us, like for us not to live, uh, you know, plant-like lives, just coming from one end of this world and leaving from the other end. Come, look all around, pay attention to everything. A hidden hand is operating within all these works. For look, this one, this one thing that does not have even a dirham of strength and that is small like a seed, and side note, this points to the seeds that carry trees on their heads, small like a seed, lifts thousands of batmans of load. Now dirham and batman are old uh, units of uh, weight. Dirham is about um, 3.7, um, no, 3.2 grams. And batman is about 7.7 .7 kilos. We can say maybe like 16 pounds, right? Uh, just know that these are units of uh, weight. Dirham is a very small unit say a couple of grams, three grams, Batman is a larger uh, unit, several kilos, 16 pounds or eight kilos. Look, this one thing that does not have even a dirham of strength and that is small like a seed, lifts thousands of Batmans of load. That which does not have even a particle of consciousness, and this is a, uh, this signification, this points to how delicate plants that cannot rise on their own nor carry the weight of their fruits, like grapevines, shoot subtle hands to other trees, wrap themselves around those trees, and hence rise. So this is, you know, this, this looks like a conscious act, right? That which does not have even a particle of consciousness fulfills utterly wise tasks. In that case, these do not operate on their own. 
there is a hidden possessor of power that causes them to operate. If left to their own means, every work and everything in this country that we have seen from one end to another would have to be miraculous and wondrous. And that is a sophistry. Now, in the story, uh, these two um, brothers had actually traveled through this world. So they observed the world, which is what we do uh, now, uh, you know, in small steps compared to the size of the universe. But the center of activity in this universe is here on 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 earth therefore uh um quantitate uh qu quantitatively we have not observed uh you know the great majority of the universe but we have observed and we are still observing a good part of it of this world so let's try to reflect upon this a bit more deeply come look all around Pay attention to everything. Now, this is important because, as I mentioned earlier, we need to have a sense of wonder to understand uh, these demonstrations, uh, reality, like reality as reality is. We need to pay attention to what we see because this is a world of testing this is an abode of testing and trial um, you know we are trying to provide demonstrations and demonstration is not provided to somebody who is who already believes now you can provide it to somebody who already believes in order to strength strengthen uh, their belief but we are assuming that you know um, we are assuming a neutral position at the at the beginning but even then um, we open a parenthetical mark here and say in parenthesis that we come to this world for testing and trial. Uh, this is the abode of testing and trial. This is the abode of wisdom uh, in the sense that everything happens in what we may temporarily call, uh, call a, 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 in a causal system. And the causes are veils that veil the actual power, the causer of causes uh, that is actually operating behind them. What we think as causes actually are means that are being created at the same time as effects. So what this translates into is that um, we may be misled, we may be deluded, we may assume falsely, we may uh, suppose falsely uh, in a delusional way that what we see as causes are actually causing what we see as effects. If we don't look deeply, if we don't ponder uh, reality and what is actually happening in the world carefully we may not pierce through this veil of causes and get to the essence reality truth <clears throat> excuse me truth of things so then we have to pay attention what we what we may see with a superficial look may be 
misleading. What we fail to see because of heedlessness, right? The uh, desensitizing familiarity that we acquire by living in this world and regularly and repeatedly seeing things happen may lead us to forget that even though these are regularly happening, they still need a causer. They still require a power to make them happen. Example, I'm looking out the window and I see uh, that the, uh, you know, this is early fall. Uh, there are leaves, slightly browning leaves on the trees and the branches of the tree are moving and the leaves on the tree are um, you know, moving quickly, like as though they are shivering, right? Trembling. So the sight of that vision makes me think that there is wind, which I'm assuming is true. There is wind, not much, but there's a breeze. It's moving the, uh, the, the leaves. Now, when I see this, using the memory of my earlier sights of uh, the sensation of wind and perhaps even the information that, that was given to me, perhaps my, by my parents, perhaps in a science book, uh, the, the memory of this sensation and information of wind makes me think that the wind is moving the leaves. Now, on daily usage, if I said this, it would not be, uh, it would not be taken as wrong, right? But that is superficially. If I wanted to go to the core of reality, if I wanted to understand reality as reality is, if I wanted to the absolute and ultimate truth about this uh, phenomenon that is happening before my eyes, I'm supposed to say that the, the, the creator, the owner, the sustainer, uh, the all-powerful, the all-wise, the all-seeing, living, necessarily existent, necessarily existent creator is um, making wind blow or moving air and simultaneously making the leaves move. So this is a very different uh, observation than saying the wind is moving the leaves. The wind is moving the leaves is a shortcut, but it is not true. The wind is not moving the leaves because the wind cannot do anything. The wind does not have power. The wind does not have consciousness. The wind does not have effect. The wind itself is created and sustained. Um, the truth of the matter is that the wind and the movement of the leaves are happening simultaneously and there is one who affects both. So we need to pierce that veil of causes. We need to pierce through that veil of assumptions that we have been making in our lives and um, that enable us to live in this world go about, uh, even harvest the regularities, the patterns, harvest and harness, 
the regularities and patterns that God maintains in the universe to our benefit, as in the case of, uh, you know, sailing boats by uh, using wind power or using windmills to generate electricity and so on and so forth, right? So that enables us to do this, but it does not enable us to, to get to the um, ultimate reality that we need to have, to understand and internalize in order to live successful lives, the success of which, uh, the measure of the success of which will be earning the pleasure of our Lord and uh, entering his paradise. So that requires a deeper way of thinking. That requires paying attention. Right? That requires not being superficial and just moving on. Inshallah, we'll probably say more about this, um, but let's, let's move on. A hidden hand is operating within all these works. Right? So, I see the leaves moving. And although it is behind the window and I do not have the sensation of the wind, I have had the sensation of the wind and I, ha I have also relied, you know, time and, time and again in my life uh, to gadgets that measure things like wind, the speed of the wind, the direction of the wind and so on and so forth. So I can observe the wind. It is not hidden. <clears throat> um, if I don't see it, I sense it. But there is a hidden hand. So there is a hidden hand and that is my goal. I want to see the hidden hand. I want to recognize, I want to perceive, I want to understand the existence of the hidden hand. If the wind cannot move the leaf, again, we will say more about this, then something is moving it. Something is operating within all these works. Now, why? Why am I saying this? The, there are examples that are going to be easier than uh, the wind and the leaf example. And Ustad Nursi provides some of them. Within all these works, for look, again, look, right? Look. Um, looking, we might say, observing is the method of um, recognizing reality in the in the in the method of the Risale-i-Nur, in the method that Bedu Zaman Said Nursi provides to us in the Risale-i-Nur, and this is a very Quranic uh, method. The Quran repeatedly tells us to look and see the signs of creation. Right. So we are trying to see the signs of creation in a very very Quranic way. Look. This one thing that does not have even a dirham of strength, and that is small like a seed, lifts thousands of batmans of load. Remember, we, you know, just according to the story, we found ourselves in this world, and you know, we don't know everything here. Uh, it is a, uh, a a world of surprises for us. We don't have names for things, right? So this tiny thing, that is a couple of grams. It can be even smaller, like. This points to seeds that carry trees on their heads. And if you think of the uh, apric apricot tree, for instance, that is a, maybe a couple of grams. If you think of the 
fig seed, it's not even that, it's like a tiny dot. But it carries the huge, I mean, sometimes fig trees, depending on the variety, can become very big. Right? It carries a huge fig tree on its own, on its head. Right? Now, the, the carrying of this huge, massive tree requires force, power. And the seed does not have it. Then I need to think. Remember, we are thinking deeply. How is this happening? Right? Now, to, to recognize the uh, subtlety in this example, we, we need to uh, talk a little about the concept of causality. Because we tend to have a somewhat distorted <clears throat> uh, or incomplete, yeah, inc incomplete is a better word, incomplete conception of causality. We confuse causality with succession. Say it rained. I ask, like, why did it rain? Because there were clouds, rain clouds, uh, that came over the, the, the area and raindrops fell. Okay, but why did the clouds come? Well, the wind brought them. Why, why did the, uh, you know, what, what was there for the wind to bring? Well, it was, uh, you know, vapor that evaporated from the ocean and the lake and the earth and whatever, and, and, and reached a certain elevation where it started to cool down and condense, uh, condensate, uh, condense. So that, that, that was the clouds. Uh, why did it evaporate where there was sunlight that was coming to the earth through the, uh, you know, filtered through the atmosphere and when light touched the ground, it turned into heat and when water heats, it evaporates. Why, why, why was there? So remember, I'm working a succession of events that, ha that uh, you know, happen, uh, you know, one happens before the other and the other happens before the other and so on and so forth. So there is a succession of events. And because of the desensitizing familiarity that I have built in this life, and also I have been taught in my uh, misleading science classes, I think, or rather I assume that the sunlight caused heat, heat caused evaporation, uh, elevation caused condensation, condensation caused the cloud, um, you know, changes in temperature caused the wind, wind moved the cloud, cloud dropped the rain. Um, now, this is understandable to some extent, but it is very deficient and in fact defective too. Because that is not what causality is. Or that is not how we should understand causality. Now imagine a the construction of a house. I ask, who constructed the house? Who built the house? And you know, someone says, well, did the you know who caused the existence of this house? Right? When I say who built the house, what I mean is who caused or who causes, and that's the subtle point, right? We need to move to the present tense. Who caused and causes the construction of the house. And I say, uh, this, this masterful builder. And I say, 
okay, so at some point, you know, this house was built in 1962. And okay, let's assume that somebody built this house in 1962. But what happened after 1962? Where is that, that builder? If it is that builder who causes the existence of this house that I'm walking, living in, walking in, I'm walking into and out. Where is that builder? He died or she died. Okay, so that builder does not exist any longer, but I am going to, you, you want me to assume that the existence of the, the causer of the existence of this house is that builder. He does not exist any longer. So that builder, um, just for the sake of argument, can be considered to have brought the objects that uh, exist in the in the structure of this house together one at a time so in 19 say march 25th 1962 at 1255 uh, he may have put this particular brick where it is now, even there, we have you know other considerations to take, uh, you know other uh, problems to take into consideration. Like, what power did that builder have to put that brick there? And you know, I cannot lift my hand. And we did this exercise many times, so I'm not going to go over it again. That builder may have put that brick there, but say at twelve uh, thirty-five and fifty-two seconds. At 55 seconds, 12.35, 55 seconds, the builder was somewhere else and he was not causing the existence of that brick there any longer. That's a different thing. Right? So when we say what causes the existence of this thing, we do not mean what seemingly initiates its happening. What is causing the leaves to move? Well, what is causing the leaves to move cannot be other than what is causing the leaves to exist. Because if there was no uh, leaf, the wind would not even look like it is moving the leaves. The leaf exists. There are molecules in it. There are elements. There are cells. And all those are holding on to each other but they don't have the power energy consciousness to hold on to each other if left alone they should be you know moving moving away they they they, they should fall into entropy they should fall into chaos but a leaf is a perfect cosmos organized um system an organized system when we say cause that is what we mean right so the tree say the huge fig tree that weighs say three tons right comes out of that um tiny seed that weighs maybe a milligram that seed when we say carries in its head we mean like cause that seed cannot be the cause of the existence of this tree that weighs three tons now the example of this is 
imagine you have a beautiful dish. Um, whatever. I saw too many examples and I couldn't pick one uh, all at once. Uh, a, 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 a bean soup. Okay, you have a beautiful bean soup. What caused the bean soup? Right? So when we look at the universe, what we see is elements. So the corresponding uh, example of the elements, let's say, in the uh, bean soup is water, the beans, salt, uh, tomato, pap pepper, whatever. Say 10 ingredients of the bean soup. So it is either, I'm going to either attribute the existence of the bean soup, unless I uh, admit the existence of a cook, right? If I'm looking at the universe as is, I'm either going to attribute the existence of the bean soup to the material that goes into it. And I say, what caused the bean soup? Well, it is the, you know, and, and remember, when I say what cause, I mean what causes the existence of the bean soup too, right? What causes the existence of the bean soup is beans, water, tomato, pepper, salt, and parsley, whatever. So this is one way to go about it. And this is one way uh, philosophy or science that does not, uh, a conception of reality that rejects the existence of a creator and sustainer goes about the matter, right? Elements, uh, condensed energy, or molecules, you know, matter causes it, right? Now this is very, uh, this is a very barren understanding of reality and most people have come to the conclusion that it's not going to work. So the next um, life jacket that they have uh, found and trying to wear and, and to, to, to float, um, again, without recognizing the creator, is now information, right? So, well, what caused it is, say for the tree, the DNA in the in the seed, okay? Okay, then we are going to switch the argument and say what causes the bean soup is not the uh, the, the the bean, the water, salt, etc. Not not the matter, not the ingredients, but rather the recipe. Well, you cannot have bean soup with a recipe alone. You cannot have bean soup with with ten ingredients sitting in uh, containers on the counter alone. No, you cannot, you cannot have either. To have bean soup, you have to have somebody who has the knowledge of the recipe and who has the power to put those things together in certain wise ways uh, to operate through a certain process in order to mix the tastes and uh, transform the structures and actually make the bean soup. So that's what we need to think about uh, causality. And actually we need to move from that example a bit further too because we, we cannot leave it there because then we will say, okay, there's a cook uh, who made it, so like the example of the house, there's a builder who built the house and the house is there. Well, no, I'm sorry, the cook brought them together, right? But the cook is now um, somewhere else. 
and the, the cook went went on the cook cooked the bean soup and went on vacation and you still have the bean soup in front of you in the bowl what is it that causes the existence of the bean soup in the bowl in front of you so when we look in this way we recognize that there is it's it's not it's no human cook it's no worldly cook no worldly builder no worldly wind no worldly nothing no worldly sunlight that causes anything there is a hidden hand there is a and, and all of these things require power and therefore there is a hidden hand that has power right the hand of power of the creator that is enabling the existence of everything all of these things in the way they exist in the states uh, and interactions uh, they exist before our eyes so look this one thing that does not have a, even a dirham of strength and that is small like a seed lifts thousands of batmans of load if you were to compare the effect to the apparent cause as in the example of a seed and a tree uh, for anything and everything in the cosmos so it does not only have to be the seed and tree but anything and everything where we observe uh, causality right assumed supposed causality in the universe we would see that the power that we assume to cause uh, in a material world right in, with, 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 without uh, taking the hidden hand into consideration the power that we assume to cause the existence of the effect that we are observing would always and always be similar to this comparison uh, um, disproportionate infinitely too small to cause the existence of that thing if nothing because the existence of each and everything in this universe requires the existence of the universe itself the <clears throat> the air molecule that vibrates uh, with the movement of my uh, vocal cords and comes out of my mouth and then vibrates other air molecules so uh, all the way to the microphone and I have a you know let's show it I have a microphone here um, to the microphone uh, came into existence was cooked up in the cauldron of some some star somewhere sometime uh, probably billions of years ago in this cosmos in this universe without that star cooking up that molecule the, the elements of that molecule right say nitrogen my voice would not be able to exist uh, it would not be able to move the diaphragm in the microphone uh, it would not be it, it, could, it could not turn into some electrical current you would not be able to hearing this now so everything requires the existence of everything else in this in this universe and therefore nothing can be the causer of anything unless it has the power to affect everything so there is nothing in which the 
uh, observed cause is proportionate to the observed effect in this universe. Everything is like, uh, like the example of a tiny seed and the tons and tons of uh, you know, heavy tree. So let's move on. So this was about power, right? There are two, two um, main categories of things that we need to consider when thinking about the existence of things. One is power, the other is knowledge and will and consciousness and so on and so forth. So we dealt with the power, although we talked about the knowledge too, as in the example of the recipe. Right? Now we need to move on to uh, the second category. That which does not have even a particle of consciousness fulfills utterly wise tasks. So we look around and we see wisdom. Now what is wisdom? Um, we may have done this before. In this context, what we mean by wisdom is <clears throat> purposefulness. That um, everything serves a purpose and serves it in such a proper way that it fits into where it belongs to. So wisdom here is the knowledge of what things fit into in the larger system, if you will. Uh, the nitrogen element fits in the uh, in in the composition of the of air as gas. Uh, the the nitrogen, oxygen, and carbon dioxide that is in the air fits into the purpose of um, my inhalation and whatever that inhalation does in my lungs and how oxygen is filtered through it and you know goes into blood and comes out as carbon dioxide and so on and so forth there's a wisdom in this there's there are things that fit with one another right um when babies are born they the the milk that their mothers are given or that that the babies are given through their mothers Right? fits the very um, very needs of that baby at that age and size and uh, biological uh, state. Three months later, the composition of the milk changes in accordance with the needs of the baby. Now, this may sound really interesting and, uh, you know, giving us goosebumps and so on and so forth, but everything is like that. In the universe everything is like that there is wisdom in everything there is purposefulness in everything everything fits together like a giant and perfect puzzle and to affect anything in this puzzle one has to know what the pieces where the pieces fit so wisdom is the knowledge of where pieces fit as in the example of Ustad Nursi says, right, this example points to how delicate plants that cannot rise on their own nor carry the weight of their fruits, like grapevines, shoot subtle hands to other trees, wrap themselves around those trees, and hence rise. The grapevine has no knowledge of the existence of that tree out there next to it. It does not have eyes. Now, uh, there is some research that points out that uh, the uh, bean vines, for instance, can sense the existence of uh, objects that are close to them, right? But this is not a conscious act. This is um, 
this is a matter of how things work in a mechanical way and fit together. So this is an observation of the puzzle, not an observation of knowledge about where things fit in the puzzle. That which does not have even a particle of consciousness. So the air molecule has no consciousness of my existence, <clears throat> uh, my needs, the what oxygen does in my body, how my um, nose, mouth, uh, in, in you know system of the the the, the uh, respiratory system works. The air molecule has no knowledge of it. <clears throat> But when I inhale it, when I suck the air in through my nostrils, it does exactly what it is supposed to do. It functions in the exact way that fits into the giant puzzle. So the air molecule does not have that consciousness, nor knowledge. The wind does not have the, the, the knowledge of how the leaf functions the, the subtlety and the flexibility and so on and so forth of the leaf the grapevine does not have knowledge of the 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 um, tree that it is next to but everything is doing thing as though they know everything so there is the knowledge of the recipe we are not getting um, you know, 10 pounds of or 10 kilos of uh, dry beans with two tons of water and a pinch of salt and uh, two tomatoes put together to achieve the bean soup. It doesn't work. It, it won't be bean soup. It will be a you know extremely diluted uh, water that is uh, that will look like dirty water with uh, you know some bean particles swimming floating in it. No, everything comes together according to a recipe. There is knowledge, there is order, there is organization, uh, there, there, there is the giant puzzle. And everything acts as though they know, as though they are conscious, as though they have the awareness of all these other things. But that is not the case. Based on my observation of the universe, I, as a human being, am the most aware creature um, in the universe. I have the highest level of consciousness. Now, I mean, there may be angels that have more consciousness and so on, so on, but based on what I'm seeing, I have the highest level of consciousness in this universe, and my, my consciousness does not uh, apply to 99 out of 100 things that I do with my body. I have no consciousness and control over what's happening in my digestive system. Yeah, you know, I put the food in my mouth and maybe I'm aware of my chewing and then when I swallow, maybe I have a sensation of it going to my, to my stomach. Maybe I have the sensation of fullness in my stomach, but that's it. And this is a very small part of what actually is happening uh, chemically and physically and 
therefore biologically in my in my body i have no consciousness of the dream that i'm going to uh, have uh, or not have tonight inshallah when i go to sleep i have no consciousness of uh conveying the signals that that appear that emerge uh on 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 the nerves in the back of my eye to my brain and processing that as vision no i am the most conscious that and i don't have i said one out of hundred but you know maybe it's one out of thousand maybe one out of a million my the level of my consciousness and control um you know reaches a very small uh part of what i am doing with with this body and in this world then how is it for the piece of wood uh, that is somehow standing firm and holding my books in uh, in space you know in, as in, as you can see in my back holding my books in space um, what consciousness does the wood have of this does the wood know that it is serving the purpose of being a bookshelf and holding books in space it doesn't nor does the grapevine now some people will say well um there is energy etc etc out there the universe is full of energy etc yes yes we are talking about a hidden hint right the question is what is that right the question is what is that it has to be conscious it cannot be a uh you know amorphous unconscious uh wishy-washy concept of energy that is going to help you out but not solve any problem no we are talking about an entity that exists that has power that has knowledge uh and knowledge and you know includes and entails will here uh, that is aware of all of these things going on around us uh, we can consider that under knowledge too and that also entails seeing and hearing right well is alive has life because it is not being moved by something else it is moving on its own uh, and has a will because it is doing things in purposeful ways right and it is not many it is it, it is not uh divided into parts because we see that the entire entire cosmos is a system and this entire system is working in a in in harmony and as god tells us in in the quran if there were more than you know one uh of those entities creators let's call it or 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 gods that would be chaos here there is no chaos there is cosmos <clears throat> Well, when we put all of the, those together, we, you know, that is God, right? That's not a wishy-washy concept of energy out there in the world. That is God, okay? In that case, 
these do not operate on their own. There is a hidden possessor of power that causes them to operate. So, no matter how much I try, no matter how much materialistic science or ha has tried since the 19th century, they have not been, and I would not be able to, uh, show the actual causer of causes, the ultimate cause that is causing all of these things without consideration of that hidden hand. They are not working on their own. These do not operate on their own. There is a hidden possessor of power that causes them to operate. There is a hidden possessor of power because I see that there is power that is be, that is uh, affecting things here, right? If there's power, there has to be a possessor of power. If left to their own means, every work and everything in this country that we have seen, so these two brothers came to a country, every work and everything in this country that we have seen from one end to another, from one end to another, would have to be miraculous and wondrous. Now, miraculous meaning um, beyond the capacity of things that we can see, right? So incapacitating. What we see is happening in my, in the process of my inhalation is beyond the capacity of each and every part and the uh, sum total of those parts. The, the necessary knowledge, the necessary power uh, for the process to stay in existence, uh, the necessary consciousness, necessary wisdom, necessary will, right? None of that, none of that exists in the, neither in the parts that are involved in this process, nor in the sum total of the parts, right? So there has to be a possessor of power that causes them to operate. If left to their own means, every work and everything in this country that we have seen from one end to another would have to be miraculous, right? So everything would have to, have to be doing things that are beyond their capacity. So the, the word in Arabic for uh, uh, miracle is mu'ajiza, right? And it comes from ajaza, which means uh, to be uh, incapable of, impotent, ajz, right, is, is impotent. And wondrous, wondrous in the sense that um, above and beyond, again, what is expected. Harika is the word, right? Harik, it's above and beyond. Everything that we see here ha would have to be miraculous and wondrous. Uh, everything would have to do things that are beyond their capacity. Everything would have to exist at the level that is beyond where it belongs, beyond the level that we observe it to be. And that is sophistry. That is sophistry. What is sophistry? Uh, you know, sophistry is arguments that on the face of it appear to make sense, but when you look deeply, uh, is uh, fallacious. It is just a play on words that trick you. 
Right? The sophists were people in uh, ancient Greece who uh, moved around teaching rhetoric uh, and, and basically the ability to uh, convince, or a better word would be deceive people in order to get you uh, to do what they want you to do. Right? Today we call this marketing or public relations. Right? Imagine yourself uh, being sucked into a into a marketing scheme, thinking that you, you know, everything was going to be uh, butter and honey, uh, perfect like paradise, and then you find yourself in hell. Right? You, you, I don't know. You, you purchase a timeshare uh, from from a uh, would be development uh, that promises you the. Uh, you know, a, a three uh, two-month two vacation for free every uh, year for the rest of your life, and then you find out that the construction site is just being developed, and the company goes out of business and is bankrupt uh, before you know it. And five years later, uh, you are uh, you know move, going from court to court in order to recover your money. So whatever conversation that you had with the sales agent at the beginning of this very process, that is sophistry. What is sophistry in our case? In our case, sophistry is uh, arguments or explanations that assume that the necessary power and knowledge, the necessary power and wisdom and will that have to exist that have to be involved in the process of uh, what we observe in this world, right? Sophistry is to assume that it just exists in the matter itself, or it just exists in the um, information that is recorded in the matter itself, either the matter or the DNA, right? This is sophistry. It is difficult to pierce through that veil of um, desensitizing familiarity. We need to, that's why Stadnursi says at the beginning, like, pay attention to everything. Be careful. Don't be superficial. Um, the way we are hardwired to uh, come to this world, see things happening again and again, and internalize them as normal. And unfortunately, since the 19th century, the way that uh, we have given authority to science and scientists, not all of them, but many of the scientists have uh, claimed and purported that they explain how things happen by explaining the succession of events or by, by uh, showing the succession of events, not causality, but the succession of events uh, out there, right? This causes us to develop a very thick um, veil of desensitizing familiarity or heedlessness. And therefore, we fail to recognize the miraculousness and wondrousness of um, the things, the happenings, the phenomena that we observe in the universe.
we end up supposing and believing that the recipe causes the dish or the ingredients cause the dish or the combination of the ingredients and the recipe cause the dish and then we start to go about our lives we assume that uh, because we are able to harness uh, the the consequences of the regularity the patterns that god has embedded in his creation we have solved how things work no we have not solved anything we need to to, to switch our understanding of um, causality it is not succession right causality is not succession causality in in the true sense of the of the concept is what causes the existence of a thing now and what caused its existence what has been causing its existence in the past and what will if it does what will continue to cause its existence in the future it is not a one time event that we see one thing happening here and the other thing happening after that uh, so, so let's close with one last example about this imagine you are uh, watching a uh, a movie on the screen and you see uh, a, a somebody uh, cutting a tree with a chainsaw and the tree falls right so the impression you get the assumption you make uh and, and as a result you enjoy the movie is that the chainsaw cut the tree right if i were to ask you so what cut the tree you would say the chainsaw cut the tree right but in reality what happened is there were some pixels that looked like a chainsaw on the screen and there were pixels that looked like a tree on the screen and they were positioned in a particular way in one uh, frame of, of the movie and in the next frame they were positioned in a slightly different way and the next they were slightly different and next was slightly different and next was slightly different and at some point the the pixels that uh, that were the chainsaw and the pixels that were the tree uh, started to move from each other because in the next frame they were uh, positioned uh, away from each other and at some point they separated and the tree looked like it fell it was not the chainsaw that caused the tree to fall, right? There was no such causality. In order to understand the causality of what happened here, you need to look back to the projector that is projecting these images on the screen. What happened in the projector caused what happened on the screen. Or if you want to go further uh, in the example, what happened in the camera caused what happened in the projector what happened with the people who shot these scenes caused uh, the images to be recorded on the camera what happened to the tree as the actual tree that was being shot and the chainsaw that was being uh, shot caused the, uh, made those people able to record these things and the tree ultimately goes to the cosmos the chainsaw ultimately goes to the cosmos and at that point you need to explain what caused the tree what caused the chainsaw right you can't just look at the the the, the, the movie screen uh, and assume that the chainsaw caused the tree to fall right so we are looking at a in a sense this is an example right we are it, it is like we are watching a movie all these things that we see are uh, manifestations of uh, God's power and will 
and 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 they manifest as attributes nothing is happening uh, without reference to that hidden power nothing is existing without uh, the without that actual source of right existence giving them existence Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahum anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin al-fatiha as-salamat Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala sayyidina